Hello, everybody. Uh, we're back with another episode of Negative World Euphonic, our music podcast here at negativeworld.org. With me, as always, is my co-host, Joe. Hey, this is Joe. Rah! He doesn't always rah, but when he does, you know that uh, he's in a good mood. I'm making up for our lack of energy from last <laughs> night. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> well, it is definitely later in the day. I'm more awake, even after having work today and everything, but I don't know about you. Are you... I just I just used all my energy on oh, the Oh, in so... one burst. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, I'll try to carry the show then with my <laughs> obviously insane energy right now. As usual. Yeah, because yep. yeah, I'm, I'm normally a really manic person, so <laughs> as you guys can tell. Anyway, so... I wanted to explain real quick to everyone listening what this podcast is about, because I guess I didn't do a, a thorough enough job the first time around. And just to make it clear to everyone, this is a music podcast you know, from Negative World, and our goal is to celebrate video game music. That's mainly the purpose. We're not looking for top ten lists. We're not doing anything like that. We're just trying to celebrate different kinds of music and find variations and, and talk about what makes music important in, in video games. So... As you guys know, we, we have a thread where we ask for submissions based on certain themes, two themes per episode, five songs per theme, uh, fill the episode. And once we have a certain amount of time of that, we, we sit down to record and we pick out, Joe and I decide on three, you know, hopefully a, a broad range of, of ideas and, and songs from everything that was submitted. And then we each provide one of our own that neither of us even can veto we just this is what us as the hosts want to present to you guys and also keep you on your toes so that you don't hear every song ahead of time considering you might be visiting the thread a lot so that said you know we had mario and water for the first themes in the first episode and this time we have overworld themes and character themes and these to me kind of go together i wanted to kind of do them right away i was kind of eager for that because an overworld theme, as well as a character theme, if it's the main character anyway, those are songs that tend to really define a game, especially the overworld theme. And while, you know, all of our picks today may or may not define the game, I think for many people they they will. And same thing even with, with character themes. I think we have a very interesting mix and a few a few surprises along the way. And uh with that said, I guess we'll just get started. That's Let's do good. it. <clears throat> okay. So, our uh, oh, there's also a bit of a discussion about the idea of whether or not we should announce the games first or or not. And I still will adhere to the idea of not letting you guys know what we're going to play beforehand. Yeah. It's fun to keep you on your toes, even Absolutely. if you've been in the thread. Now, if there is some game that we're playing music from and it's relatively new... I will, I will honestly, you know, let you know if you want to try to skip it for some reason, and then you can come back and listen. I know the idea of spoilers with music can be kind of silly, and I know a lot of people out there are finicky with just spoilers in general, either in the one spectrum of feeling that everything should be spoiled, or the other spectrum, which you know, why would anything really be spoiler tagged? It is what it is, mm-hmm. and I might be more in the wanting to be protected kind of tab. But again, this is video game music. We're, we're covering a broad spectrum of of years and consoles, so uh, I don't know. I think that 
it's fun to fun to be surprised and unless the game's brand new even i don't know there's a lot of games that i'm going to play that i've heard music from and it's not going to taint my experience once i hear those especially if i haven't heard it recently mhm so anyway i've rambled on let's let's jump into our first song here again the first topic right now is going to be overworld themes and should we say who picked this first song, Joe? Or should we wait till after as well? I will do it after. Okay, well then everyone, um, here's your first song. from a little game called Blaster Master for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And the name on the tin, as it were, it says Forest. So I guess that song is called Forest from that game. Uh, And it was suggested to us by our very own Pogue Squadron, Jamie Pogue. And man, oh man, I freaking love this song. Now, did you say that you hadn't played Blaster Master or I, very limited or what? I thought about playing it back when that remake or whatever came out. And I never uh, yes. never got around to actually playing it or the remake. Uh, I've heard so many good things about it though and I've really wanted to play <clears throat> and frankly this song only instills those beliefs in me. This is yep. really good. This track was really nice. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when we were sort of previewing these and you were listening to it and maybe sort of rediscovering it for the first time or whatever, but I think you said something like, man, like this makes me just want to play the game or play a game or it something It makes me like want to go on an adventure, you know? Exactly. Like, mess oh. some shit up. Oh, it's Someone's so got to be taken down. Someone's got to be rescued. <laughs> 
something's got to happen with this song. It's so perfect. And even uh, the way it sort of kicks off in the game, if I'm not mistaken, is you actually see like a little, a little tiny, you know, four or five second cutscene where where it's just like the view of the tank that you're in from the back and then all of a sudden like the the engines flare and you know you take off and then like level one just begins there so Mm -hmm. uh it's just so it just gets you so amped up and ready to play the game and i don't know i mean the game itself is is very good it's it can be a little bit frustrating it can be well, it is pretty difficult. I mean, I think it's first of all, it's very like non-linear. So in a lot of ways, like I just remember being lost. Just me and my friends, like we never got past the first couple levels back in the day because we didn't know where to go and there was no internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we had great music to listen to while we were wandering aimlessly around that area. So you enjoyed the ride more or less. Absolutely, and. Uh, you know, I will say, I know it really came and went without any uh, sort of notice, but uh, the remake on WiiWare, I enjoyed very much. I think uh, they did a great job of sort of rebalancing the difficulty, and this version of that song is just as good, if not better, in the remake. So, <laughs> Do you know if it was recomposed or like uh, if someone else kind of re- remade it a little bit, or <sighs> did they just use new instruments and use the I... same exact notes? Oh, I think that they largely just sort of like use new instruments, you know, because this is coming from a Nintendo, you know, what we what we what we just listened to. So, it wasn't very difficult to sort of upgrade the audio quality uh, in that sense. So, uh, I don't know how much they actually like remixed the arrangement or anything. I think that's pretty darn similar. But So, yeah. But uh, I think, you know, another notable thing about this song that I think will be a common theme today, at least uh, something I noticed in my listening through all of the selections, is that I think a good video game song, it has like multiple, uh, like almost multiple songs within itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't say about too many of the songs on our list today, and certainly not this one, that it's like the same thing throughout it really kind of changes and I feel like there's different instruments that sort of take turns sharing the spotlight and such and I don't know I think that just keeps music interesting and certainly for a setting like a video game where it's not really the focal point uh, I think that's very smart you know and it's not going to be in every song that we've chosen today but I know that that happens elsewhere on this episode mm-hmm. I I pinpointed that myself just listening through the songs and right. To me, with this song in particular, there's just something it's it's so hard to explain. I mean, we're talking about an intangible object, yep, and trying to describe it. So, which is also going to be very subjective. And but for me, this just has that aura of starting. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it does. like yeah, it does. Like you always, a lot of games start off with some sort of upbeat kind of can-do attitude song, like sure. this one is, and then. That's then later the level two and three and four. Those are when you go into the caves and it gets moody and mm-hmm. uh, or you go underwater and and it gets sucky. You deal with electric, <laughs> you know, uh, seaweed, seaweed and such. Yep. But this one just has that kind of can-do attitude, kick-ass, almost Absolutely. kind of all-American style, just moment uh, momentum builder, I guess. 
You know, yes, you're absolutely that's right. That's what I appreciate about it, which could be subjective, but... <clears throat> uh, I think it's worth mentioning, since you talk about both All-American and sort of setting out on an adventure. In the American version of this game, as anyone who played it will remember, the premise, if you will, is that you are a average American kid as the main character, the premise in this game, and your pet frog escapes out the back of your house. And sitting out the back of your house is a big hole, and the bottom of the hole has radioactive waste in it. And your frog goes eating the radioactive waste. And like he gets really big and huge or something, and then hops away. I'm trying to do this all from memory, but I'm pretty sure I have the gist. And so you, as a plucky youngster, are not going to let your frog get away. So you hop down the hole, where of course there is a tank and a battlesuit that is in your size waiting for you. Oh yeah, that happens a lot. That happens all the time in America, right? So <laughs> you put on the suit, you get in the tank, and then you head off. And then you fight all these monsters that are underground. And Hmm. Uh, I don't remember. I'm at one point I watched what the intro is in Japan, and I think it was more of like a more of the standard like I think it's like a a boy and a girl anime style, and I don't remember what happens, but it's just you know just the typical sort of like let's go kick ass or something. And I don't have any idea why whoever localized the game thought you know what Americans would really relate to better giant radioactive frog yeah I don't know Yeah, maybe it kind of sounds a little Ninja Turtles-esque yeah, you know. yeah could be <clears throat> I mean you know, amphibians and reptiles are not the same thing but still like that kind of green aquatic creature mutating was popular back in, in the 80s and didn't, didn't this come out in the late 80s was it? I would think so something like that I'll have to double check the, the date on that but so I mean I could see that as being like oh hey this would Let's do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, yes, thank you very much, Pogue Squadron, because this was an excellent song, and I'm very glad I got a chance to listen to it again and talk about it. Yeah, same here. Now, our second song has kind of the same idea, I think, but mm. it might be a little more familiar, although it may be a little less familiar. Uh, <laughs> let's Let's just jump in.
Alright, so that song is another favorite of mine, coincidentally, uh, from a game that I played very much when I was a kid. Uh, that is the SR388 planet theme from Metroid 2 for the Game Boy. Now, as, as someone who hasn't played the Game Boy Metroid, is this the main planet? I mean, she only is on one planet in that game, right? In the Game Boy one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is just the overworld. This is the, the game's, you know, main it's, location. It's the yeah. It's the first one, when you start. Well, obviously she'll go game. into other areas, but this is yeah, yeah, the first one, yeah, the primary one, I guess you would say. But yes, and it comes to us by the way of Roy Koopa, sixty-four, and. You know, like you were saying with the previous song, it's another track that really just is designed to sort of get you amped up and ready to go out on an adventure. And certainly I think that mentality holds true in a game like Metroid. And I don't know. I just, I think these songs are just so well written, in my opinion. I mean, this one, you've got, you know, it's sort of like a standard kind of sci-fi you know, sort of out there musical arrangement. But then, you know, like 40-some seconds in, it changes the time feel, and not in the percussion, but in the melody. And it just starts, like, this build. And Yeah, there's like a bridge almost. Yeah. And I think, you know, I feel like that build, it's like, no matter how lost you might be in the tunnels of Metroid that kind of thing musically I think just helps keep you going you know it's like ah, I'm gonna overcome it you know and then I mean my favorite part is at the end of that build how it just the notes just the melody keeps going higher and higher and faster and faster and it just builds all this excitement and then you know sort of crests and then starts over again kind of makes you think that you're gonna hit something good very soon yeah Whether, whether that's artificial or not but that's I mean the song should help you feel that way even if that's not what's happening if you're lost you should still you know the music should not wear on you and be a detriment to your gameplay it should make you want to keep playing well especially the first track I mean there are definitely songs later which as you talked about you know you you sort of progress later in the game and you get to that sort of like you know the sort of like somber area the desolate area and then the, the mood of the music changes to fit that but but this one is just another great track that I think is just designed to get you pumped up and ready to set out on your new adventure in this new game. And I think it's just so well written and really does a great job. And I think for a lot of people, like a lot of folks, I don't think even necessarily played Metroid 2. I mean, I would say up until Other M came out, it was the black sheep of that franchise. <laughs> uh, and not necessarily because I think people found it bad. I just don't think it quite got the same level of exposure. A lot of Game Boy sequels don't. Some people I recently heard in a Zelda thread uh, claim that Link's Awakening wasn't even a real Zelda game, which is kind of insane in my mind. But the Game Boy games just never got, well, not never, but often would not receive the same attention. It's true. I think it is because that was, you know, the Game Boy was sort of an era when the handheld version was what you played when you couldn't 
play the console version, you know? Like when you weren't near a TV or your parents didn't pony up for the new system or something like that. Uh, you know, it was what they would release to sort of fill out the edges of their marketing target. And uh, so, yeah, I think sometimes games like these Nintendo ones, which were really flagship entries in the series, might have gotten a little marginalized more than they deserve to be. But yes, I I love Metroid 2. And I think there's a certain simplicity to Metroid 2 where you basically, you only have to like hunt down uh, a certain number of Metroids. It's, I think, a little bit based less on pure exploration, I guess. It's more hunting. It, I know that's a subtle distinction, but anyway, I... It felt good to me. I really, I really enjoyed that game. So, and this is a great song from it. To me, when I was listening to it, one thing that kind of came out at me was it feels like there could be lyrics to this song. Hmm. I don't know if that's maybe like okay. the dun, dun, like the notes just kind of sound like it, but the way that it goes into a bridge and everything too, I totally okay. could imagine there being some sort of like maybe cheesy as hell, but still lyrics <laughs> that go with this thing. That could be. I'm not about to freestyle and figure that out right now. Okay. But, maybe uh, later. But I guess because it had that same kind of upbeat, let's start our mission feel that the Blaster Master song had. Right. And two, one thing I do appreciate with this song compared to pretty much any other song on the list, because this is our only Game Boy one, is the like, like the Game Boy sounds themselves have their own special charm to them. Yeah, no doubt. And I don't know, so I really thought that was cool. Yeah. I, I don't think this song has been brought back in any Metro games past that. No. I mean, I guess because it, we haven't gone back to that planet, have we? Not that I know of. I don't I've, think so. I've played a lot of Metroids, but I started with the Primes, and then I went back to Super Metroid, and I've played Other M and uh, Fusion, but I haven't played everything, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, yeah, you bring up a good point. I think also in that in that sense, it's sort of a, it sort of stands alone. Because I don't think there's too many things like this music that, uh, you know, sort of lived on in the rest of the series. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I thought it was a great pick. Excellent. Thank you, Roy Koopa. And let's jump into our third song here, which, well, one thing I should say, when, when this whole thing was posted, I kind of was worried that everyone was going to be picking RPGs. Mm-hmm. Because when you think of an overworld, you think of an RPG. When you think of a character theme, RPGs tend to really have songs for specific characters. Sure. While a platformer may not. Right. Because so, in RPGs, they can afford to sort of take their time and introduce different characters and try to give them a unique vibe. Absolutely. Other genres are just sort of more go. Right. So I was concerned for that. And while I wasn't intentionally trying to prevent that, with these first two songs especially. Uh, we definitely had an RPG or two show up here, and this happens to be one of them. So this is a personal favorite of mine, so everybody enjoy.
That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Very different tone, though, and we'll touch on that in a sec. This was submitted by Game Dead Grant. Thank you very much, buddy. GDG. <laughs> in the his house. <laughs> Again, I said that, but I didn't have any energy behind it. In the his house! There we go. <laughs> we'll, up, we'll up my freak level a little bit. Yeah. So, although then again, it's hard to be f- at that level of freak that the the fans and listeners want us to be at because this song is just somber. Mm. And, it's very subdued for sure. And I like that about it though. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little while since I played Corner Sugar, so I apologize that I don't have some great memory of this. But when I did play, this was such an influential song for me. And I believe it's at a point where the land has kind of changed and I, I again I don't recall the exact plot specifics and I probably should but I can't replay every game we, we bring on the show but the game itself focuses on you going through time in your own world to do certain things and to prevent the destruction of pretty much the world and all that and the other themes are I mean there's a big mix but a lot of the earlier themes are pretty upbeat there's that festival theme, for instance, that's very happy, and I love that song uh-huh. a lot too. But yeah, once you're really in the nitty-gritty and you're in the in the center of your adventure, this is kind of the mood that you're in. You're you're fighting kind of an uphill battle because the enemies, as far as as a whole in this game, are so daunting. Right. They're not just like a Goomba, for instance, is in any context pretty much a, a wimp. <laughs> but in this game, even if you can beat an enemy really quickly because you have a high level or something, the idea around where this enemy's coming from, why they're coming at you and everything, is still pretty heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciated that that tone of the of the whole thing. And two, I just love anything that has piano in it. Sure. Which this, of course, is uh, piano from the SNES era, but still, it's piano nonetheless. Sounds good to me. And then to kind of add to it, they start with this piano lead, and then, as we've kind of already discussed, the song kind of repeats, but with new instruments and kind of a new Uh feel, and that Super Nintendo synth kind of kicks in, Uh which is kind of nice. And that's something that Square Enix, well, Squaresoft at the time, was really good about using. Right. Yeah, I kind of... um... Well, first of all, I miss Squaresoft. <laughs> I I like Squaresoft. I like Enix, but Square Enix, yeah, they're fine. Anyway, um, yes, this song is very, I don't know, it, like other songs we had on the first episode. It makes me feel, uh, puts me in like a very reflective mood. Like I feel like this is, uh, you know, the point in the game where it's like. It really tests your will to keep playing, to keep going. And you're just like, man, is it all worth it? And that's reflective of the character, too, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's something that was missing, perhaps, in the Blaster Master song, where you don't have that feeling, and you also don't care what brought you to that hole, you know? Yeah, oh no. And in Metroid, I would say even the same way is is kind of... The same thing is happening, because... That particular track, you could say so... Right. I mean, again, I haven't played that game, but my feeling with that, and it's just, I don't know, hit or miss, continue. <laughs> no, 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 that, no, that was it. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely a different tone, 
uh, still a fitting one for that section of the game. And frankly, I don't even know if I announced what the title of it was. I apologize. But it's relevant to, I think, our discussion, which is Memories of Green. Mm-hmm. And that right there implies fondness for something that's no longer in existence. Right. And I believe at this point the world has changed significantly and the green they're referencing probably is the lively, lush world, the continent that they used to live on. Which right. obviously in some time they're they still do, but because of the way that the time mechanics work, technically that world's going away. And so mm-hmm. the game uses this song I think to motivate you not in a sense of, you know, I can do this, let's go, let's kick some ass. But more right. like this is some serious stuff. You gotta, yep. you gotta get through this. Yep. Which is just so cool that that music itself can have that tone, and I think we don't really think about that when we're playing these games. But the tone of the music is such an essential part of how you experience the visuals and the and the gameplay and everything. Uh-huh. So for someone to play a game with the sound off entirely is gonna get a different experience than someone who doesn't. Sure. And this is a, a prime example. Now with our next song, it's slow again, and it's also from an RPG, I'll, I'll hint that to you, but it's got a whole different feel, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this happens to be, we can announce this because it's the fourth song everyone knows, this is Nin Sage's, or Joe, this is his uh, his pick for overworld theme for the episode. Sure is.
Okay, so who is not mellowed out from that? I I went to sleep half, half, halfway but through. you had a natural nightlight, right? Yeah, yep. Because Off in the distance. For those who don't know, this is Xenoblade Chronicles, the Valak Mountain at night. Mm-hmm. And the game, in pretty much every area, has a different song for the evening time than it does for the daytime, which is excellent in itself. Mm-hmm. The more music, the better in a, in a game full of good music. But when you're playing the game, as the days continue to go like that, I think it does have an importance to change the tone as the day changes, because it makes you feel like time's really moving. And so if you were to have the same song just play continuously, it would feel like you're stuck in one moment as opposed to kind of an ever-changing forward momentum type feel. Right. So let's start off with you telling us why you chose this. Sure. Well, um, I guess <laughs> for the direct reason why I chose it is because uh, someone in the thread suggested uh, Guar Plains. Mm-hmm. That's the name of it, right? Uh, and then that just got me thinking of uh, Xenoblade and the soundtrack in general. And as we both discussed, even though that is a very good song and a good pick. Yeah, I. for the record, in our discussion, I was very close to forcing it on this podcast. Right, because it's, right. it's such a damn good song. But that got me thinking back to my experience with the game, and this track, head and shoulders above any other, really stuck out to me uh, while I was playing it. And I literally, while I was playing this segment of the game, there were times where I would just stop. I would just, I would just sit there and listen. You were falling asleep again, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I was joking about falling asleep, but it's really—it's the kind of thing. I guess you could fall asleep to this. Well, it's not like a—it's not like falling asleep in a bad way, like from boredom. It's it, right being lulled to sleep by a beautiful melody. So, right, and that's—I think—the distinction between this song and the and the previous one from Chrono Trigger. Like the Chrono Trigger, it's also—it's uh, subdued. You know, it's down tempo. It's uh, not very energetic, I guess you'd say, but. That one, I think, feels more somber and oppressive. And this one, I think, is just so peaceful and so calming. Right. There's two levels of, of quietness, almost. There's the, mm-hmm. like, there is a, depress- a depressing, right. sad quiet, and then there's a uh, meditation-type quiet. Right, right. And I totally picked up the same thing that you did. Yeah. And it's important, as you pointed out, I mean, the the whole setting when you're in that area at night and the lights come on, you know, the you get those glows off in the distance and everything, and it's just uh, it was just so enjoyable. I mean, it was just so nice to virtually spend time in that area even though there are things trying to kill you running around. But well, Sure, and, and to, <laughs> to say about that, well, the first thing I want to say and add is every game or every night in that game, but every area in the game does a great job at surprising you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when you first go into the Guar Plains and you're just like, holy crap, look at this lush area, look at this music, or listen yep. to this music, you know, and it's it's amazing, but then you get to this area, which is midway through the game, maybe, maybe like the 35, 40% mark, I'd say, mm-hmm. and you're still breath's taken away. Yeah. And then you spend a good, like, couple of hours here, at least. Yep. Yep. And then the next area even... Uh, same thing, like the game continues to take your breath away, which yep. is awesome in itself and then to go to your point about the enemies, yes you're being attacked by enemies here, 
And the daytime music isn't too much different. It is pretty mellow, too. Uh-huh. But the enemies are much more majestic-feeling than you're used to. Mm. In, in that Guard Plains area of the game, you're fighting more or less wildebeest, dinosaur-type people, or enemies, and mm. uh, elephants, or that sort of thing, boars, whatever. Just stocky, animalistic creatures. Yep. Here, you start fighting more flying manta rays <laughs> that are just, like, swooping slowly. And, right. I mean, of course, when one sees you, then it goes, dun-dun, you know, and it freaks out yeah. and gets into that battle mode, but... Uh, it's it's totally different, just this weird mellow. But yep. from what I can remember of the plot of this game, I mean, it doesn't really feel depressing or anything. You're just kind of going through, but it just it feels kind of that cold, slow feeling that the level is all supposed to be. Because you're on a mountain, mm-hmm. a snowy yep. mountain. Yep. Yeah. And so I just go on. Well, go on. <laughs> no, you first. You first. You hang up. <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, yeah it almost I think you're right I, I would have put it probably around the 40% of the way through the game and it almost in that regard acts as like a palate cleanser it's almost like a little like a little rest I think um, because it really I mean it stuck out so much and and it, but it didn't really stick out because of you know some exciting energizing reason it was more of like a refreshing uh rejuvenating sort of downtime almost and And, i mean i just remember going through that level i spent so much time i just enjoyed just wandering around i mean i loved how there were all of these little paths that really you know hugged the side of mountains and i distinctly remember feeling that this was one of the first times in a game where like you know the idea of uh someone's like sort of pressed up against a narrow ridge trying to move horizontally across a mountain right that that's been in so many just pieces of action adventure fiction right it's been done to death uh and oftentimes that will show up in games but usually when it shows up in games it's something where you know like your character's animation and movement will literally change from the normal walk to some sort of you know some sort of slinking along the side of a mountain like a you know, pressed up right or they kind of hang by their fingertips whatever and it creates that tension but it's almost artificial in how it does it for you one of the things that I thought was so amazing about this area was I got that feeling of narrowly navigating along the ridge of mountains, but the game didn't have to do any of it for me. I mean, it, it, it did only in the sense of that's how the level was designed. Like, that's how the level was laid out. Like, I was putting that pressure on myself to not fall down as opposed to the game sort of telling me now you're in a high-pressure situation. And yet the the game also really encourages you to explore. There's a lot of caves and pathways that are oh. hidden. It's an intertwined thing. I mean, I wouldn't even almost call it a mountainside. It's almost like a network of yep uh, of just yeah. cliffs or or whatever, and and almost like an ant farm. Just these yeah. little caves that wind in and out. You don't really know where you're going. Yep. And there, a lot of them are very narrow. There's this one thing that I actually ended up finding after someone suggested it to me. I, I never probably would have found it on my own, but it's a small ridge. You can get to the top of a friggin' mountain that's over there. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. just, it's its so cool. And 
I don't really know how that relates, I guess. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's going to happen sometimes on this podcast. Yeah. Still, uh, though, the game just, you're right, the palate cleanser is a great way to explain it. Because you do a lot of fighting, there's a lot of drama leading up to this. You're meeting new characters, and here you just kind of chill, no pun intended. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, before you leave the area, there is a confrontation, and it's a. I remember it being a pretty decent one. It wasn't like super easy or anything, but it wasn't too hard. But it's just kind of having that in that and that the uh, the end of the level, while this music and it leads you up to it. It changes during the actual battle, but. Uh, just it's it's just this song and its counterpart the entire way, and yep. then suddenly you're in a battle, kind of kicks you back into the mode, and then the story kicks back off again. Yep. So it's kind of like a, in a movie, there's always those necessary lulls that kind of allow you to ha- take time to reflect on what's happened. Yep. And uh, so it's, well, it's the beautiful. one, the one last thing you know that I will want to mention is um, from when I was talking to you about this pick earlier was the. Uh, the thing that really solidified it for me when I heard this song, you know, you get those, there's all those sort of slow progressions of the piano chords, it's sort of meandering its way through the song. But then uh, after a little bit, it's sort of everything just like falls away and you get those, I think it's four really high notes, that little, yeah, that little run exactly on the piano. And I just, I don't know. When I heard that for the first time, it was I it's tough to describe, but I if I could put it into words, it was like it was like like jumping uh off a cliff and then all of a sudden that that little piano run comes in and it's like you find out, "Oh, I have wings and I can just glide." You mm-hmm. know. It was like uh, it's like the the bottom drops out from under you, but then it, it's okay. Cuz you have a red ball. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and ah, it's just it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. That quote right there, ah, it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. I think it's going to happen so much over the course of us making this podcast. Yeah, probably. It's kind of how a lot of these things end, because yep. the, the nature of this podcast is music that's good. I mean, we're not we don't we don't pick crap. Yeah, I mean, and you guys don't pick crap. There were so many good suggestions. Mm-hmm. A lot of these games I didn't even really know that well. I'll admit, and I listened to them, so I was kind of going at them without a another perspective on it but there's just so many good songs in the video game industry and and all of you guys out there are really picking some some good ones that are making it really hard to narrow it down to just three party yeah. wants to just play them all and then just talk about it but that would be a really long podcast yep that said we should probably move on to the last one for this theme let's do it who picked this one uh, that would be yours truly Dr. What? yours truly Inkelstein <laughs> um, and I took the idea of Overworld and you know tested it. But then again, my rules with this with this podcast have always been: if the theme can relate in some way, it's good. Doesn't have to be exact. It's you know I'm not looking again for the top ten or something. Mm-hmm. If you can fudge it, fudge it. And I wouldn't say this is fudging it, but <laughs> just listen.
Okay, so there's been a theme in the past couple songs of just mellowness. Mm-hmm. And this, if people don't know, is from Animal Crossing, uh, the GameCube version, the original Animal Crossing. And it's called 8AM. This is the song that you hear from 8am to 9am, or 8.59 and 99, or, you know, hundreds of a second or whatever. And the game itself is, is runs in real time, for those who aren't aware, and every single hour it changes. And it's, it's the same every day, but it changes every single hour. And so every... It's amazing, because the game has a chance to take that space that you're in, your town or whatever, and reinvigorate it every hour with something new, a new energy. As you get closer to noon and 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, it changes into a more of a funky kind of, I'm doing work, I'm, you know, I'm trading fruit, right. <laughs> I'm buying right. furniture. And then as it goes into the nighttime and the early morning, it's very mellow. Like, there's a really good one around, like, midnight or maybe even 11 p.m. or something that's just, like, pretty much almost crickets. It's just kind of, like, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this, I mean, I could have picked any of those. All 24 tracks are eligible in my head for overworld theme because that is the overworld theme of this game. And I chose this one because this, again, kind of goes back with the Blast Master and Metroid themes. It's kind of a get-up-and-go kind of thing. At 8 a.m., yep. people are just starting their day, and this song really encapsulates that to me. And it's actually the reason that for, like, three years now, I've used it as my wake-up alarm on my phone. I wake up every morning to this song, even if I wake up before 8, which is every day, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's I can't stand that kind of of a, of a actual alarm, so sure. I, I have to go with this, and it starts slow, because my phone kind of fades it in or whatever, and it's just so damn peaceful to wake up to Yeah No, I was uh, telling you a minute ago that, um, you know I haven't played an Animal Crossing game uh, that might change this summer with the 3DS release, but uh, if the music, if all the music is this good, uh, it certainly will help sell me on the experience. Because I mean, I could listen to this for hours. Well, I guess you are only supposed to listen to it for an hour, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it is really repetitive. So I can see someone going insane by listening to the same thing for longer than an hour. And of course, you're going in and out of buildings, and so you don't always hear it straight up for an hour sure. if you're playing. But I, I've played many long sessions. In fact, another reason I chose this song was because back in high school, when I was first playing this game, I would get up an extra half hour early every day just to get time to go to Nooks and deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because I didn't have time after school to play, but because the game is designed to, you know, for you to do certain things at certain times, and so I wanted to see what the other birds were doing. Right. That's what's so um, cool about this, and I know for a fact that come June 9th, when the next one comes out, I'm probably going to be getting up a little earlier <clears throat> to check out my town while I'm eating breakfast or whatever before I go to work. I'll probably check it during lunch. You know. Right, right. I'll be playing a lot of it. Yeah, and I, you know, when I listen to this track, I sort of, my mind just can't help but picture, you know, some of the characters from the games that I uh, I'm familiar with it, it by image, if not by name, and I just sort of imagine them like in some montage or just like getting stuff done on like a just a beautiful day, and they're just they're just happy, sort of contributing to the world and just going about their happy old business. And I don't know. Well, frankly, think, that's what the game's about. Yeah. So, right, so it's doing its job then to invoke that feeling out of you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I, 
again, I chose this song for all those reasons I described, but it, I want people to give it a listen, the, the soundtrack, to this game or to Wild World. Uh, City Folk rehashed all the music from Wild World, which was really disappointing. And that was my biggest flaw with that game, actually, was the fact they rehashed the soundtrack, because the games have such good music. Okay. And to, as much as I love the Wild World soundtrack, to, to be st- stolen or uh, robbed of that opportunity to hear new music in that same style really mm-hmm. pissed me off. Right. Like, maybe want to punch um, Misty the cat right in the face. Okay. Although she's kind of a bitch in the game, so I kind of wanted to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly. But, so this new game, though, has been confirmed to have brand new music. You've heard it in trailers uh, and other places. And, in fact, I'm going to uh, tell you guys right now a really cool site that I found uh, some months ago that has... It, it, it's set up to play whatever song is supposed to be in the game at that time, and it reads your computer's clock or whatever, and plays it for you. It plays a YouTube video or whatever, but and loops it. Mm-hmm. So you literally could just have it on, you know, your computer in the corner all day, and it would just do it just like normal. And you can choose between all the th- all uh, the three different soundtracks: the GameCube version, the Wild World, and then the new one. Mm-hmm. And that is actually I can't find it right now. I switched computers recently, so my bookmarks are not all transferred over. I will put it in the show notes, though, in in the thread, and you guys can, can go to it. It's pretty cool. Sounds fair to me. Mm-hmm. With that, though, uh, how about we move on to our next theme? Okay. Okay. So starting fresh all over again, we have some more submissions from all you've, you know, negative worlders out there. And this theme, again, was character themes. Ideally, this would be songs that defined a character. Not always the main character, not always the main enemy, but just something that relates to a character and that was, you know, meaningful to you. And there's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we couldn't play them all, and uh, so hopefully there's not too many upset people out there, but let's start with our first one, which is a pretty recent game, <clears throat> recent Zelda game. Uh, that was really unique when I first heard it, so... Agreed. Thank you. 
Starting off the bat, that was Groose's theme from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. And for those who haven't played the game, Groose is a bully. He's uh-huh. an antagonist. And for those who have read the Archie comics, he kind of reminds me of Moose, which I think could be almost a play on... I mean, not that I think you know Shigeru Miyamoto or whoever actually knows the Archie comics, but I see a lot of similarities be- between them, this kind of bulky, yet dumb guy who's kind of meddling where he doesn't belong, but he's not necessarily inherently a bad guy or anything, he's just, yeah, I don't know, he's just an opposing force. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his role. <clears throat> and I think of two things, there's two D words I think of when I think of this song. Dunce and drunk. Yeah. To me, this song is drunk. Yeah. I don't know how it's drunk, but it is wobbling around the bar, hitting yep. on you know, the this banister holding up the, the roof, because it doesn't realize what's going on. And, uh... And it's interesting, because the character himself is kind of like a dummy, but not exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he's not really... He's threatening, but he's not threatening. It's it's hard to explain without playing it. I don't want to go into the, the whole story, but... Right. It definitely introduces him to not be a heroic character. Right. I think... You know, when you see him and when you first witness his, you know, his behavior and the way he acts towards Link and everything, um, you might think that he is a very typical bully character uh, where you're just going to hate everything he does and he's just going to be a big powerful jerk and, you know, maybe he gets his comeuppance in the end or something. But. Uh, the music, I think, really helps to establish the fact that Groose as a character will be a little, a little deeper than that, and a little bit more well-rounded. And you know, the song is, as you said, I mean, drunk and dunce are very appropriate words. I mean, it paints a picture of someone who's not, not quite as capable as maybe they appear on the surface. Or wish they you know? were. Or wish they were, sure. Uh, and, you know, it sort of softens, it you know, takes a little bit of the edge off of him as a character when you first meet him. And I think, it, you know, when you couple this music with the actions that he, you know, starts to exhibit throughout the game, you know, as the player, you start to, I think, sympathize with Groose. You realize how kind of pathetic he is in a lot of ways and right as you're seeing your true colors come out as link you're also seeing his true colors come out and that's sure. a very dramatic part of the whole game definitely definitely um yeah and i you know as i was saying to you earlier this isn't necessarily the kind of song that i would uh you know put on for fun or anything that i would you know listen to for pure enjoyment but uh, as we were saying, it definitely 
has a specific job that it accomplishes very well within the context of the game. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> when this first came out, when the game first came out, I was so digging the song. I used it, I believe, as a song on the Negative World podcast for one of the interludes that we had. And I was just like in love with the song. And now I listen to it again. I think it's very good, but again, I, it's not something I want to sit there and listen to. Yeah. I guess because it makes me feel drunk. <laughs> you know, it sure. makes me feel the same feelings that Groose is feeling when he's introduced. And mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I want to. And actually, I've been listening to the Skyward Sword soundtrack a lot lately. And there's so many great songs in that game. I almost forgot how awesome the yeah. soundtrack is. And there's a lot other songs that I would rather be listening to. Right. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that I mean the reason why I thought why I thought this was going to be a good pick for this episode was I feel like it's a it's a very unique piece of music. Uh just for in any for a unique character. Oh yes, absolutely. But um you just don't really hear music with this kind of purpose really anywhere. I mean, outside of maybe like a musical or something like that. Uh you know, a lot of music I think has the intention of the more serious emotions, like we've discussed with previous songs, or they want to be upbeat and happy, or they want to invoke some sort of feeling of power, or that you're cool, or whatever. But this is absolutely, you know, as you said, I mean, you kind of just feel stupider <laughs> almost listening to it and it's an but inter- that's the point and i i and it, it's still really well written and very admirable overall and it's an interesting emotion for a song to try to get at like a lot of times when you have that antagonist who's or that opposing force in general you tend to hear some sort of bolsterous like look at me yep. don't you want to beat me down you know like yep. can you even do it i guess i'm getting to show tunes with my voice there but that's the kind of thing. <laughs> right, and you know they kind of have similarities those uh, in the character designs. Yeah, <laughs> but the whole point is to create a daunt- something daunting for you to to overcome. But here, right from the start, you're kind of just like feeling bad for yep. the guy. Yeah. But at the you're same, like on some levels, like, this is my rival. Like, and yet, and yet, for a, a lot of the game, he still is. Right. Yep. So it, it kind of frustrates you. Like, why the hell is this guy my rival? Yes. Exactly. This guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. And yet he's, you know, he's better than me. He's making me look like a fool. Yeah. It's it's a pretty great inclusion and it really I think strengthens the start of the game before you kind of go off on your adventure. Mm-hmm. And just he's a, he's a character that doesn't leave midway in the game. He's not just forgotten. He's used yep. in the whole game and he's used well. And it's really a, a treat to kind of grow with Groose. Totally. If I if I yeah, was cause... creating unique names for this podcast, I'd probably go with that. Grow with Groose. <laughs> Yeah, because a lot of characters of, that would normally be in his mold do get left behind after you, you know, leave the first right. village. Right, you've got whatever it is. your conflict with him. Yeah, you, you know, you you leave the village. Okay, and then you go do a bunch of other kick-ass stuff. That's right. big deal stuff, big right. picture stuff. And then he's just, oh, well, why would you even go back to him? Yep. So it's yep. Uh, it's it's a great Zelda game. It's a great song, and it's a unique song, and that's why it was chosen. Uh, by Pokey Freak 911. I should probably state hey. that. Hey! Yeah. Good old Poke Freak. Yeah, so thank you very much for submitting that. Now we're going to switch gears thematically to something else that, uh, that again, is another unique pick, so give it a listen.
Okay, so that was Professor Layton's theme from the video game series Professor Layton. And it comes to us from, once again, Roy Koopa 64. Two for two. He's pretty episode. good. He's pretty good at picking music. Yeah. And uh, this this is <laughs> a series. Quite curious. I, <laughs> he's very curious. Uh, I'm t- currently still towards the end of Miracle Mask, but uh, I did I, get past that one puzzle, by the way. Oh, excellent! It really easily. Yeah, it wasn't that <laughs> I bad. Got, I got one hint, and it's like you want to keep him in the center. I was like, oh shit. Okay, so bam, bam. Yep. Yeah, I felt stupid. Continue. But uh, Tolkers, but uh, <laughs> but yes, I played all the previous games. Uh, watched the movie a couple times. Uh, it's a wonderful franchise, and this piece of music, I think, just does an excellent job, sort of conveying the type of vibe that you're going to get from this series because. You know, it's unique, as as we said about the previous song. You don't hear a lot of accordion-based European-style songs in, in video games or in too many other forms of media, for that matter. Uh, you, don't and that, you don't have that style in general in a lot of games. That's what makes the series pretty unique. Yeah. And I think that there's a definite classiness about this music that really is exactly what the you know the vibe of Professor Layton as a character is all about. I mean he's all about being a true gentleman and what what true gentlemen do and don't do. You know, and the great thing about Layton as a character and as a series, I mean if he's not it doesn't make him unlikable. He's not snooty. He's not uh, uppity about it or anything. He's just Honorable. He's very virtuous and he's very classy. Right, just who he is. Yeah. And yeah, I think another thing that this music does, it also, uh, you know, aside from the, you know, being unique and being classy, it also, I think, invites a certain air of mystery that perfectly lends itself to the series. And that's, the song features a lot of accordion, right? That's what that sound is? That's my best guess. Okay, that, for, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. And- that sort of the thin, like cylindrical accordion, you know, that you would picture on the streets of old-time Europe, and right. you know, that sort of. And thing. it just, to me, that instrument itself, that sound, begs mystery. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes me think of like all these British, uh, like Sherlock Holmes and and other British-influenced kind of uh, mystery suspense stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, also makes me think of uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I forgot now. That's why I blanked out. It makes you think of nothing at all. Things that make you go. Mm. Um, that brings us to our next song. <laughs> I just killed the momentum. Um, <laughs> shit, it makes me think of a strong. Oh yeah, it makes me think of that, and it makes me think of the movie Clue. Even, even though I don't even oh. think there is any. Uh, nope. According in that, but just. I just have this intense mystery feeling around it. Well, it's that kind of vibe. It's the yeah. whodunit, the whodunit kind of vibe. Uh, which that is a very good movie, by the way. It is. It is. Love that movie. So the show Psych just did a play on that. Oh, really? And they had a few of the actors come back and play different <gasps> characters, but Christopher Lloyd's in it and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. 
that would be awesome. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah. But back to the song. So yeah, so you've you've played a couple late in games, one and a half or something like that. Yeah, I played uh the I can't remember. Unwanted Future. Yes, that's what it's called. The Unwanted Future. And I like that a lot and right now I'm working my way through Miracle Mask and I'm a bit farther now and everything. I don't know, it's it's pretty cool. And the music the music through all the games is similar to this. Mm. Yeah, and, it's a similar style for sure. And it's very good stuff. I I definitely prefer to play with the sound up in these games. Yep. But as far as introducing a character, this song I think really encapsulates what Layton's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You, it, you, there's no guessing, I guess, of what his personality is supposed to be like. Right. Right. You could probably just listen to this and start sort of guessing at attributes, and you'd probably be right about a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's tough when we talk about these songs in general because, you know, was it the chicken or the egg? So we know sure. what the Professor Layton games are like, so obviously we can connect these dots, but is is this what everyone else is receiving who hasn't played the game? It's it's, it's a tough call. So I hate sure. to always be like, well, this made me think of this and this and this, but when really that's only the case because I've experienced it. Well, you mentioned how subjective this all is, and I think that that, as a general disclaimer, applies to anything we say, but... Um, <laughs> right. But, yeah. I'm not that vain. <laughs> right. But, so uh, shall we move on, then? Yeah, I mean, as mysteriously as the song came, let it go, and... Layton is awesome. Go play Layton. <laughs> play Layton. There you go. And speaking of Thanks, mysterious... Thanks, Roy Cooper. Yes, thank you. Um, and speaking Thanks. of mysterious sounding songs. I think the next one has a bit of a mystery mysterious vibe to it too, but in a whole different way. So enjoy. This is Anand's pick, and I'm sure it's a lot pronounced of... Anand. 
kidding. I'm just kidding on it. Yeah, he's uh, he's cringing his teeth at you right now. Uh, but this is Luigi's Mansion, Luigi's theme, presumably, and it's more it's more the Luigi's Mansion theme, admittedly, but we chose it partially because it was submitted, but also it's just kind of fascinating how. I mean, you could also call this humming by Charles Martinet, because that's really what what's happening to it. And <clears throat> considering how isolated Luigi is in this game, and the whole concept of him in this spooky house hunting ghosts all by his lonesome, this uh, whether this was done for the soundtrack or if it's in the game, I, I can't remember because I haven't played the original Luigi's Mansion so long. So I know I know the tunes in there, and I know Luigi hums in the game. I don't know if he hums this kind of thoroughly right but definitely it's uh it's an incredibly unique piece and that's it had to be picked mm-hmm. and i agree i don't know if anyone will who heard this will ever want to hear it again because <laughs> uh, pretty much hearing luigi pee his pants is not really a ideal <laughs> listening environment but uh but it's just really cool and it's cool that they did that i think I, th- I, yeah. I bet you Charles Martinet had a lot of fun recording it, and uh, and what's great about this game and this song is it it does flesh out Luigi as a character, and it fleshes him out as that scaredy cat. Like yeah. it's it's been hinted at for a long time, and then when this game came out, it really just pushed it forward. Mario is missing kind of implied that where Mario's gone and Luigi has to reluctantly go kind of be the hero, and uh, in this game took that a whole step further and the spookiness of the of, of the music and, and the humming of Luigi just kind of combines into into a really unique character theme yeah yeah completely um, and this you know I was saying I I really I can't wait to someday play the um, the 3DS game uh, very excited for that one day but uh, I have played the GameCube game and this music, you know, it, I think it's very interesting to see what the Nintendo take on quote-unquote scary music is like. And I think I think that's what we get here. Like, this is if, you know, the whimsical minds at Nintendo were to make Resident Evil, it comes out as Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> I mean, that's a gross exaggeration but that's yeah, that's kind of what I think of when I hear a song like well, this. Well what's cool about this is it's spooky without being threatening. Right that's a very good way to put it yeah. And so it's it's fun for all ages but it also has the atmosphere that they're going for and you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't find this in a Resident Evil game. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have uh, you know Claire Redfield humming her way through <laughs> the mansions of Resident Evil. <clears throat> Uh, or I might be mixing. Was she in the second one or in the city? I don't know. Uh, yeah, in the second one, yeah. Okay, so Good whatever. Um, you don't have Mila Jovovich humming this <laughs> anywhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, even in the, the game, like you were saying, I'm not sure either if actually in the GameCube version or in the 3DS version if he does this much actual humming or if the track we just played was from um, like a soundtrack of some kind. But he does do at least a little bit of humming in the GameCube version. And, you know, I, I think 
it also sort of paints the picture of the game in that, you know, Luigi, he's so alone and scared that when he starts humming, I feel like he's like trying to just create human sounds Keep to give himself you, company. Yes, exactly. To give it's himself like, the illusion that someone else is there. It's the equivalent of like leaving a TV on when you're alone <laughs> yeah. by yourself and you just kind of need right. some noise. A hundred percent correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although the freaky thing is that you know the actual song is probably play, being played from a piano somewhere in the house and uh, <laughs> or organ or whatever sound that would be that wasn't a piano that's for sure but a record player or something mm-hmm. and it's 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 really fun though for being such a kind of slow moving spooky song it's just I think it's really fun yeah yeah and I, I like how the music it, it sort of even taunts you and taunts Luigi I think the way it is just constantly starting and stopping right. and starting and stopping well, we both laughed uh, because <laughs> when I let up, when I did the uh, the kickoff to the song, and then the first note is doom, yep, <laughs> and then there's a pause, doom, yep, and it's just, uh, yeah, it is. It's just funny. It does kind of. It's like poking you, you know. Yeah. Doom, doom. So. And then it's like like taps you on the left shoulder, taps you again. You look, <laughs> and then taps you on the right when it kicks yep. in. And uh, and then I love how it ends with a ghost spooking him, and then he mm-hmm. freaks out. It's uh, it's it's a very simple but well-rounded piece. Oh, Luigi! I love Luigi. Yeah, Luigi's awesome. And it is the year of Luigi, you know. Yeah. So next the year, Chinese everybody. Zodiac might say dragon. Oh or shoot! I just realized. Do I have to do an episode where Luigi's the theme? I guess that's only fair. Maybe. We'll we'll look into that. We'll look into it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let's go on to our next song, though. <laughs> I think that means um, in Ninsagian that hey, I chose this one and I like it. <laughs> I hope that's what that means. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a good one. So, here it is.
So that song, well, I mean, I I don't think I even have to explain it because I think as we explained right. in episode right. one. Next song, okay. Next song. Oh, no, we can't do the injustice no. of not talking about this song. But Mega Man 2, as we said in the previous episode, is one of the best game soundtracks of all time. And this song, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but this song is one of the crowning reasons why it's one of the best soundtracks of all time. And for those of you on the message board, there's really only maybe one or two of you who have known me in other gaming circles and sites, know that four or five years ago, when I first started sort of getting involved in the online gaming community, my screen name was not Insage. It was Crashman. And it was for primarily two reasons. One is I think Crashman is a pretty cool-looking robot master. I think he's one of the cooler designs. But two is because this song is so G-darn good. <laughs> and, I mean, man, I could listen to it. I have several different versions on my computer. Um, I know I've mentioned the band The Megas on this podcast before, but go listen to The Megas version of the Crashman theme. You will thank me later. Uh, it has lyrics, and it's awesome. Um, but just speaking musically, first and foremost, as we've addressed with several other songs, and we will probably say forever until this podcast series is over you know it gets you pumped up to play i mean it gets you psyched up i mean this is a song that is just it's just positive energy uh unlike some of those other ones i'm not sure you know there's not the same level of aggression where you don't necessarily feel like you're going to like kick someone's ass but you feel like you're just going to get up and move i feel like and, you want to like, jazzercise to dr wiley's boss here maybe i like, don't <laughs> Maybe not jazzercise, but just when I hear the song, I want to move my arms. I want to dance a little bit. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yes, me too. Like, I was talking to my girlfriend over video chat when I was listening to this song and just working on the pre-preliminary stuff for this podcast, and I was like, I'm like a weird composer, just kind of waving my hand to the beat and like Absolutely. just making myself look like an ass just to make her laugh more or less, but... Uh, it's funny because I hadn't heard the song in a long, long time, but still, when I heard it the second I did, it just came back to me. And I knew every beat, every intricate little beep, bloop, you know. <laughs> and there are many different intricate beeps and bloops. And that's what's cool about this, too. For an NES song, it's not just some simple pattern that repeats. It's it's very intricate. Obviously, yeah. obviously, it does repeat over the course of the level because the level takes, you know, a different amount for every player. To, uh, to complete, but it's a very intricate piece. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think it's one of the few Nintendo songs. I, I think you mentioned with the, you know, with like Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, like the, the, the percussion limits of that hardware, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do with those drums. And I think Nintendo was really not the Nintendo console was not really that much further advanced, but this is a song that I think does a lot with percussion, like does a lot with the drums. There's a lot of different percussion sounds that all play like a key role throughout the piece. Um, and I, it's one of the few songs where I can say like, 
the tom-tom drum sound was actually used and used well in a Nintendo, you know, in an 8-bit game. Like, usually it's just annoying. You know, usually when you have uh, tom-toms and they're not realistic sounding and they're in this kind of setting, you know, usually that whole, like, you know, it just sounds obnoxious. But in this song, it sounds awesome. And (laughs) I don't know. And, And also, I think this is another good example of something I mentioned early on in this episode, which is that there's really, like, I think two, maybe two and a half, like, different songs in one. Like, it's definitely, uh, it keeps going, but it's not repetitive, I don't think. There's really, like, two very distinct songs that are present here. And that just makes it so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, for running through, I mean, the game itself is going to be interesting. At least I think so, because it's a very fun game, Mega Man 2. The levels are all pretty inventive and, and entertaining. Mm-hmm. But it really helps when you got a groove and tune. It doesn't. It makes me almost care less about how good I'm doing, as long as I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah. But, and this this song definitely does it. And this is this is a, a level that I would actually go back and play just for the song. Sure. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, and another thing I like about it is speaking of the level. This song, I think, I don't know if this was a conscious decision. If it was, I think it's brilliant. But the song really has, like, it it feels like it's climbing. Like, just literally in pitch. Like, things are just getting progressively higher and higher and higher. And it's just building on top of each other and building up and up and up. And if you think about it, the level design, the level itself does exactly that. It's primarily a vertical level. And as you play, you literally go from inside this structure to outside with a normal blue sky to the upper atmosphere where it's darker to outer space where there's stars and everything around you. And that's ridiculous because you really only climb like, you know, the height of a building, but somehow you traverse the entire, you know, Earth's atmosphere. But, um, but I think that the music totally mimics uh, that that progression, and I think that's very clever. And if that was a conscious decision, I give him a lot of credit. I think that in the songs that we've been picking in this episode and the previous one and in future episodes, I think video game music itself has a lot of thought going into it, mm-hmm. almost more so than other songs and other genres, like. There are some pop songs out there that I think have no thought whatsoever, except for what will sound like it can make us money. Yes. You know, like, what can we do to trick people into buying this single right. or right. ringtone? What's, what's the latest trend? How do we get in on it? And sometimes video game music can be lazy, absolutely. But I feel like, with Mega Man 2 in particular, but a lot of music, I think, in the gaming industry is pretty much there's a lot of thought into what purpose it's going to have because like with movies in a a movie you rarely have a song that is irrelevant because Mm -hmm. the music is such an important part of the overall whole whether it's creativity uh, or just for raking in the cash it still has a great kind of pairing with uh, with what it's supposed to have on the screen like there's, Mm -hmm. there's that thought so I think in Mega Man 2 especially, they really were focusing on on uh, making sure that the music was, was as top-notch as, 
as possible. And even though I said before in the last episode that the Bubble Man stage didn't sound like water to me, that doesn't mean that the song itself was horrible, of course. The song was great. It just didn't invoke water, the theme, in enough. I mean, it matches right. well, but I, by itself, without thinking about the context, it doesn't make me think of the context. Sure. So, yeah. So, just to make sure that I'm not kind of contradicting <laughs> myself, uh, and I'm kind of just rambling on my point, I suppose, but... No, but you raise a very good point, because, you know, I have someone who, with no commercial success at all, has written music on my own, you know, just for fun, just garage bands and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it, it does take a lot of effort. And and what I end up with is music that I think is good, but is not, you know, groundbreaking or anything. But, so then when I look at a lot of the songs that are in video games, and I take a moment and sort of analyze, you know, the writing that went into it, and the arranging and the structuring and what they're trying to do I mean oftentimes I'm just beside myself thinking like I can't believe you know that these people are essentially never going to get any sort of recognition you know I mean we're at a point in video games where we can barely name you know like the key director behind a game or the key producer behind a franchise or something like that but there's really there's very few uh, composers who even among dedicated gaming communities really can be named um, and when I look at how how many different games have compositions that really go above and beyond I mean as you said like intricate is a good word because so many of them they're so involved and it seems like they're so carefully crafted and yet really when you think about it it's for no point other than the quality of the art itself. I mean, they're not going to get rich off of this. They are not going to get famous off of this. But they put the work in anyway, and it just seems like it's not really a rare occurrence. I mean, if you just look at enough video game soundtracks, you'll find enough great composition. And it's just amazing that this kind of work happens so frequently in the video game space where it doesn't seem to happen as much in other uh, forms of media. And I think maybe it could just be because, as you said, maybe there's just more money behind those other forms of media. They don't have the kind of creative freedom where they can be riskier. You know, maybe when it comes to video games, there's just one person in charge of the music and the director of the game just kind of says like, all right, you know, do your best. Like whatever, whatever it is, you know, we trust you. Right. Um, so, it's very, it's astounding stuff. Okay, that was excellent. Uh, very impassioned speech at the end there, Joe. <laughs> yeah. uh, now let's move into what almost could be deflating. Uh, let's let's go into let's call it a wind down. This okay. song is the one I picked. And it's certainly not one I think anyone is expecting. And what's that? Let's do it. Yeah. So I'll just, with that said, enjoy.
All right, so that's what I would call a curveball in the uh, in the ninth inning right there. Uh, would you? Yeah, because obviously this song is different than the rest. This character himself is different than the rest. For anyone who, who may not have picked up on it, this is Taj's theme from Diddy Kong Racing. And hmm. Diddy Kong Racing was a Mario Kart wannabe... And I mean that with respect. I'm not saying that it was a clone. I'm saying that it was um, that kind of style game, and in many ways it even excelled from Mario Kart at the time, and uh, where you were on a hovercraft, you were on a plane, and you were on a cart, and it had a bunch of characters, it was made by Rare, and so you had Banjo in there, you had uh, a Kremlin, I believe, although he had a different name, and it's uh, it was a really fun game, and in it, there was this non-playable character called Taj, and he's a big blue elephant, who's like Hindu or something, uh, he has a very Indian feel to himself. I believe he rides a magic carpet, which is probably offensive in some cultures, but that's who he is, and he's there to to assist you in the overworld. And uh, and I just felt like for the last song for this theme, for the character themes, it would be good to pick one that was kind of obscure, and one that maybe brought back some nostalgia of the game. And uh, and this one was just so different than any of the other themes. I mean, we've heard kind of a mysterious British theme, we've heard a dumbass, drunk uh, you know, anti-hero, we've heard a scaredy cat plumber, and we've heard a badass uh, enemy, and so this is like just, compl- uh, you know, if there was a spectrum and we and that engulfed everything else, this is outside of it, so that's <laughs> kind right, of what I was so let me, let me jump in here because we, you were talking earlier about, uh, you know, with Leighton, is it a chicken or the egg as far as the the, the vibe we get from the song is it because we know Leighton, or is it because the song really right. conveys? And I've got a lot of experience with this game, but you apparently don't. I do not at all. I don't know. I've never even like seen Diddy Kong Racing being played. I've heard it's a good game. I've heard because there's a couple of them, right? Or there's like maybe there's one. It's... Unfortunately, there's one. There's a DS. Isn't remake. there? A, isn't there like a Donkey Kong one or something? There was like? going to be, and there was a really cool FMV video trailer back when like okay. the GameCube was rearing up but it never came to fruition okay so point is I've I know nothing about this game I know nothing about Taj other than you told me he's an elephant with fingers or something um (laughs) I had described him as a blue Indian elephant with elephant feet but human hands and it's freaky right so that is all I know uh so my guess alright for this music first of all uh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a very, sort of Arabian, vibe. I'm picturing, sand dunes, uh, a desert, perhaps an oasis, perhaps a, a bazaar, a market of some kind. Um, turbans might be involved. He does wear a turban. Does he? Mm-hmm. Mm. Does he have the little, uh, the little like toad vest and the baggy pants and? Everything? He does have a toad vest, no pants. Oh, no pants. He's pantsless, but he does have a vest okay. on. All right, all right. So, um, and uh, let's see, let's see. If I, actually, you mentioned a magic carpet, didn't you? Yeah. Does he have a magic carpet? Yes. Okay. All right. That's kind of. There are certain challenges in the game, and. You, where you race him, or you kind of lap him. I think it's around just the hub. Because the hub itself, the game was really cool, because it took Mario Kart, but it gave it an overworld. 
and you actually did certain things within that. You earned balloons or whatever you collect in that game. And you, you earn a few of those in the overworld too, and so there were challenges where you had to race him throughout sections of it. Okay. And, uh, and he rode on, like almost like surfing, he would stand on his magic carpet hmm. and uh, and race you, and he looks goofy as so. hell. Okay. Now, but is, so when he races you, I mean, is there like that whole desert theme with the dunes and the oasis, or? Well, well not exactly, because uh. he's racing you in the overworld of the game, which is pretty standard and not going to be uh, representative of just because of his theme, because a lot of stuff goes on there. It's whiz pigs, you know, kind of land or whatever. There's rainbows and trees, and it's. I'm sorry, whose land? Whiz pig. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Wizpig. Just lost right over that one. I just sure did. Actually, Wizpig's theme I was going to pick as as this at first. And then I remember Taj, and I was like, oh, that's even better. Uh, Wizpig is a giant pig, frankly. Uh, imagine, imagine... Does he have a wizard hat on? Uh, no, I don't think he has a... Well, I wonder if there's a time where he has that on. I think he, too, might have a vest, but he's... he's uh, okay, you know that movie uh, Pee-wee's... Um, big adventure where he goes to find his bike. Yeah. You know that fat guy who uh, pretty much is the enemy, the uh, the antagonist to Pee Wee. No, can't remember. No, the guy who I think he's the, he's the one who like stole the bike. I think. Yeah. Very, very Either way, that's that's pretty much Wizpig right there. <laughs> that okay. actor is Wizpig. Uh, right. But, but Wizpig has a nose ring. Hmm. And um, but regardless, that's Wizpig. That's not Taj. So Taj, yeah, Taj is a. Uh, a unique character in a pretty great game, and so I wanted to uh, show off his theme, which doesn't really have the same qualities as the other themes, but... Uh, but doesn't have to. No, it doesn't. It's your he, pick, man. Well, right. But he's he's uh, he's utilized only in parts of the game, and the, there isn't some great overarching story for him to, to focus on. You don't need to get too much of a feel. He just kind of shows up... And in a way, it's almost a stereotypical theme that, I don't know if it could be offensive or not, but... <laughs> well, it definitely is exactly that genre. Which yeah. I, yeah, which I think is why all that stereotypical injury, uh, injury imagery came to my mind. <laughs> but, but that's not to say that, I mean, that's not necessarily easy to create or recreate if you right. are the composers for this game. So, you know, and, and it is well time, done. Again, that character is kind of... I would say he's kind of a flat character, and so when you have a flat character that you're not intentionally trying to flesh out and deepen, it's not surprising to take a stereotype, which stereotypes, they exist for a few reasons. One, because people are jerks and they just say nasty things about entire blankets of people or, or ideas, but um. they also exist, especially in forms like media and uh, you know, like television and movies and stuff. But they exist in general because when you see one, everyone knows what the stereotype is. Whether it's correct or not is irrelevant. Of course. It allows you to have a frame of reference in an instant. So when you see his turban and you hear that music, you just know like who he's supposed to be. Even though it's he, Taj. He, right. Yeah, it's Taj. It just makes sense. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter. They don't have to flesh him out any further, and they don't want to. He's just yeah. the guy you race, and he's the guy I think you might get some sort of power-ups from him. Maybe, or maybe you just unlock... Uh, more balloons or something. I, I forget exactly his context in the game. But, uh, so it was just interesting, and I, I do like what, I guess, what is that, sitar or something? That, sitar? Uh, yeah. yeah. That kind of sound. I, I like that a lot. I do like Indian music 
quite a bit uh, in just everyday life. So I thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to, to showcase a time when that was that sort of genre was uh, touched upon in video games because it doesn't happen very often. Hmm. And for him yeah. to be a character theme as well, instead of even just a level theme, but it's it's kind of cool. You know, I have just now looked up an image of Taj, and you're right. You can't unsee. The hands, the discrepancy between the hands and the normal elephant feet is really weird. Yeah, like it doesn't, you don't think about it until someone says something, and then you're like, why does he have regular elephant feet, but he's got human hands? Yeah, I think this is an instance where, you know how like a lot of times, anytime they anthropomorphize an animal, they give him like white gloves? Yeah. I, I feel like maybe if there were white gloves, it might make a difference, but the fact that you, it's like his flesh, like yep. you can see his skin, it's a little off-putting, it's a little freaky. <laughs> It totally is. I'm I mean, scared of Taj. It, it, well, too, in the image I have, anyway, his eyes are big, bulging. He he freaks me out. Mario. <laughs> uh, anyway, but Mario. I, I, would, I would recommend you play this game if you get a chance. It, it, it did have a DS remake and uh, a re-release or whatever. And unfortunately, we'll probably never see a sequel, but maybe someone will come along... I guess Sonic All-Stars Racing kind of does it, but they do it differently and, and not... It's a great game, but... The Transformed one, anyway. It is a great game, but it's not the same as this. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, so that's it. That wraps us up. We're, uh, we're pretty much over time. I know Joe's got somewhere to be. And, uh, and, and that's kind of all she wrote, folks. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's our this overworld is good themes. Times. Our character good. themes. Good, good selections. Good times. I hope you guys enjoyed them. Uh, I mean, again, there was many themes, like the the uh, the Guar uh, field, yeah, the Guar planes. And, I think it's planes. Um, Maybe it's field. No, it's it's planes. You're right. And as far as the Mega Man 2 song we just played, I really was thinking of uh, picking that Proto Man theme because I love that uh, song. Yeah. And and you know, then we talked about, it, and that's kind of how Crash Man came up, and so. So many good songs. Go back if you haven't. If you're listening to this first time and you haven't even been to the thread, go visit the thread and see what other songs were picked. And uh, if you feel like it, go submit more songs. Uh, that well, and the question is, with songs this good, I mean, where are we going to go from here, Stephen? <laughs> where are we going to go? I from mean, here? the the future is bright and amazing. Well, it is, and unfortunately, we're going to be ending the podcast because there's just no more. You know, we've hit the awesome level that we. Yep. That's so bullshit. Okay, so just to, to sum up here, uh, you know, we've had our second episode. We're gonna keep doing this. We're gonna keep doing two themes per episode, and uh, I, I guess I'll announce the next themes because I already know them, and maybe I'll make the thread early. I don't. We don't have a set schedule when we make these. It's kind of when we have time and such like that. So, you know, don't. I guess be too concerned with that. But uh, the next themes are gonna be fire and ice, Ooh. and. I have a bunch of themes that I've thought about and picked out and want to touch upon, but I want, at risk of being bombarded with suggestions, which is both good and bad, I do want to suggest that anyone listening to this should go and, uh, in any of the threads, really, or just PM me, if really, I guess, would be ideal. But if you think you've got a good idea for a theme, let me know. Because we Mm -hmm. do want to do these on a regular basis uh, of some kind, and uh, I don't always want to pick an element, like I'm about to do twice uh, 
if the next episode. I don't always want to pick Mario or Link or whatever. Now, obviously, we'll probably hit up a Link or a Metroid or a Samus or whatever and do stuff like that. But, you know, maybe there's something else a little more unique. Mm-hmm. The water the water theme turned out, even though that's elemental, turned out to be really unique. We got a lot of mixed reactions, and some people were dead on, while other people were kind of fudging it a little bit, but it was fun. So Totally. So it is open to uh, to suggestion. There's no guarantees of any that we're going to pick anything. We're not going to always pick one that someone suggested or anything. But I'm always eager to make that list of mine longer, and uh, so we have more of a way to pair up different unique things. We're going obvious next time with the opposites of the elements, but should be fun though. Yeah. So that said, I'm glad you listened to the episode. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Joe, for doing this with me. Thank you, Stephen. And uh, you know. We'll see you next time. See you later.